All right, everyone, welcome back to Barnick's Blazing Hot Podcast. Today is episode seven, and we are going to go through the week 16 NFL action, and then we'll have some other miscellaneous topics afterwards. So starting off the NFL six, week 16 slate, we had Thursday night football. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Jets 19-3. to Some takeaways from this game, Trevor Lawrence looked really, really well against a good defense. He was poised in the pocket. He let the ball go quick. His running game was very, very good with Travis Etienne. And Evan Ingram, who really struggled since he was drafted with the Giants, um, has really been breaking out this year for the Jaguars. And I think that he's going to be a big part of you know, their team going forward and building around you know some of the weapons that they have now to transform the Jaguars into a really, really good team in the future. So for them... Uh, They have a very good outlook of making the playoffs just because the Titans lost their quarterback for the year, and I do not trust Malik Willis. I think with Doug Peterson being the coach that he is, winning a Super Bowl, being to the playoffs so many times, having so much experience, um, he's going to bring a lot to the table for the Jaguars, and their playoff run this year, even if they lose in the first round, is just the beginning of a very, very good team. On the other side of the ball, Zach Wilson threw two and a half, almost three quarters, only had 92 yards passing, and there were a bunch of balls that should have been intercepted, along with the one that he did throw. The backup came in, and in a little over a quarter, he had 90 passing yards and 54 rushing yards and created a spark in that team. Listen, Zach Wilson's not the answer. Um, I, I don't know if there's any saving him at this point, just because New York fans have already turned on him. And, you know, he's kind of a douchebag. Like, people don't really like him that much. So, um, at this point, it's a long shot for them to sneak into the playoffs. If they would happen to sneak into the playoffs, um, I'd be very surprised. But at this point, they need to look to get a consistent quarterback. They have a very good offense, and they still have, um, you know, draft capital and free agents that they can put into building this team. They just need to find a consistent quarterback that is able to take them into the playoffs and continue to play consistently because their defense can back up what they do. Um, you know, they need a Daniel Jones type of, of player that can go there, be consistent, and just lead them to wins. A Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, those types of guys. All right, so next up we are going to go to the Saints and the Browns. Um, yeah, this was a pretty crappy game. Not really much to say other than, you know, the Saints are a team that they have good players. I mean, and and they were missing some in this game, but, you know, they should be a team that, especially in this bad of a division, should be going to the playoffs, and they're not. So I don't know what's going on with Jameis Winston and and that team, but they really need to figure out what's going on before they waste a, a lot of good talent on that team before they leave. On the other side of the ball, Deshaun Watson only had 135 passing yards, and he threw an interception. Um, Not much to say other than, Browns, you just paid this man fully guaranteed one of the the biggest contracts in NFL history, and he's not producing. I mean, for me, if I was the GM, I'd be like, okay, like, you know, I understand you haven't played in a year and a half to two years, but every game you should continue to get better, not progressively worse. So hopefully for Cleveland fans, because I feel bad for him, Deshaun Watson turns back the clock and plays like he did in, in Houston, but as of right now, he's just not it. Going on to the next game, this was another boring game. Uh, we had the Ravens versus the Falcons. Listen, I'll say this about Desmond Ritter. He just doesn't look like a quarterback of the future. He's, you know, you look at him in the pocket and it's like, yeah, he can make some good plays, but he just looks uncomfortable and he looks like one of those guys that it's like he's a lightning in the bottle type of player. Um, Other than that, their team really didn't do much, only scoring nine points. On the other side of the ball, um... It was just kind of lackluster. Mark Andrews was a leading receiver with 45 yards. 
Other than that, almost all of their receivers. So listen to this stat. Mark Andrews had three receptions for 45 yards. Every other receiver on the team only had one reception. That is just wild to me. And even when Lamar Jackson gets back, I think Tyler Huntley's just as good, if not a little bit better of a passer than what Lamar Jackson is. He just doesn't have that electric playmaking running the ball um, himself like Lamar Jackson does. I just, I don't know how I feel about this Baltimore team. Like, okay, you have Deshaun Jackson, who's like 36 years old, and you have Sammy Watkins, who's always injured, and, you know, he's getting older. I don't know what this team's going to be able to do because they're really going to have to rely on their quarterbacks running and their regular running backs running the ball. So, um, like I said, just a lackluster game. I don't know if the Ravens clinched or not, but they're very, very close to having a spot in the playoffs. All right, so next up is a game that um, it was Kansas City and Seattle. Kansas City won 24-10. I expected Seattle to put up more points because Kansas City doesn't have the greatest defense and they do give up quite a few points. Um, Just kind of odd to me that they could only put up 10. And then on the other side, Kansas City, I mean, listen, I understand putting up 24 points in a game is good, but Patrick Mahomes, he's kind of, and I'm not saying he's playing worse, but since they lost Tyreek Hill, those those B and C tier receivers that they have are really not cutting it. So here's here's some statistics from the game. So Travis Kelsey was the leading receiver, six receptions, 113 yards. Next was their running backs, Pacheo, Pache, Pachecho, and McKinnon. They both had 31 and 32 yards receiving. Next was Juju Smith-Schuster with three receptions for 27 yards, and every other person, which was only two receivers and a tight end, had one reception. So I don't know if this is, you know, Patrick Mahomes not being able to do much, but in the playoffs, when that pass rush comes after him and those receivers aren't able to get separation or, you know, be an elite receiver, I don't know how Kansas City is going to do because, listen, Patrick Mahomes is an all-world talent, but like I said, you take away Travis Kelsey, and those other guys have to step up. So um, this was one of those wins where it's like, okay, Kansas City, you won. But I expected you to put up 41 points on a Seattle defense that isn't very good. I mean, they've given up a lot of points to crappy teams this year. And then on the other side of the ball, like I said, Kenneth Walker had 107 rushing yards. DK Metcalf only had 81 receiving yards. You know, I expected some of those other guys to go off, so this was just a weird game for me, but um, I think Seattle's kind of realizing that it's like, okay, listen, Gino did really good at the beginning of the year, but he's starting to kind of die off. Um, all right, so the next game, Bills beat the Bears 35-13. Through halftime, the Bears were up 10-6, to and I think that's one of those, it was kind of like when Chicago played Philly. They played them good for the first half, first three quarters, and then they just kind of lost it because, you know, they don't have the players that are able to keep up with that elite talent. So um, same thing with Buffalo here. Josh Allen, he had two touchdowns, but he also did have two interceptions. So um, that's something when going into the playoffs, it's like, listen, I understand Josh Allen's play style is kind of like Brett Favre. Like you go out there and you chuck the ball, but you know, two interceptions, you can't be doing that in the playoffs and have to protect the ball a little bit more. Um, But this was definitely a bad weather game too, so um, I'll give it to them with that just because, I mean, look what Jalen Hurts did the week before. He threw two interceptions as well, and that was pretty uncharacteristic. So um, Bills did a good job winning this one on the other side of the ball. um, I think Justin Fields got hurt again. That's one of those things where... Listen, I know Justin Fields likes to run and everything, but he's gotten hurt how many times now? So I really think they need to look into investing into some weapons around him. Otherwise, he's not going to be able to hold up in the league. All right, next game is the Vikings and the Giants. Listen, 
I know the Giants' record is 8-6-1, but they are not a good team. They're not a team that scares you. So the fact that the Vikings only won by three is just really concerning to me. And I understand that, you know, the Vikings have only won by, you know, one score in most of their games this year. But that's just really alarming to me because when you go to the playoffs, like this. So I'm looking at the stat sheet right now. Kirk Cousins, 299 yards, three touchdowns. Well, if he throws an interception against a good team that has a better secondary or fumbles the ball or, you know, they have more mistakes, um, I think that they're in some trouble. So if I were the Vikings, man, I, I would be worried. And if I were the fans, I would not get my hopes up. But on a brighter note, TJ Hawkinson did really, really good. And so did Justin Jefferson as he um, hones in on taking over the record for most receiving yards in a season. So we'll definitely see if he can get that done. On the Giants' side of the ball, um, Daniel Jones threw the ball really well for literally not having many playmakers on that team as far as receivers go. It was good to see them hang with a team like Minnesota. This is one of those teams where, depending on if Minnesota's um, the third seed or not, they could see a New York Giants matchup in the first round of the playoffs. So I think both teams took a lot from this, and if they see each other in the playoffs, it'll be a good matchup. All right, next up is a game that I was 100% wrong on, and it really irritates me. Carolina won 37-23 against Detroit. I was really high on Detroit going into this game. I just I don't trust Carolina because I don't think they're that good of a team, and, I mean, they aren't. But they went out, and they rushed, what, over 300 yards or 250 yards against the Lions' defense, and... That's how they beat the Seahawks, and that's how they've won some of their other games. So um, shutting, shutting down the rush is a big thing for them. Uh, good for the Panthers, but this is really bad for the Lions. Um, you know, Jared Goff fumbled the ball in a very important spot, and I just kind of think that, you know, Detroit, they go into, I forget who they play next week, but the final week of the season they play the Packers. And that's going to be the biggest game because the Packers have been winning games. They just beat the Dolphins. Um, I think they have a tied record with the Lions. So that last wild card spot, depending on what happens with Washington, might come down to Week 18, Detroit versus Green Bay. So we'll see how that goes. I trust Jared Goff. I think this was just an off game for their defense and they realize what they need to do. But I will say this. So... He did well passing. He had 355 yards and three touchdowns, but their rushing game was abysmal. Um, DeAndre Swift only had 12 yards. Jamal Williams only had 11. So I really think that they need to start going with more of a running approach because that's going to take a lot of pressure off um, their team. All righty. Next game is going to be the Bengals and the Patriots. At halftime... Bengals were up 22 to 0 and they looked unstoppable. I mean, the Patriots could do nothing. And then in the second half, the Patriots scored 18 unanswered, but they turned it over in the last, you know, couple minutes of the game to lose it. Um this was just one of those weird ones that I think Cincinnati took their foot off the pedal. Um Joe Burrow, like I said, he had a really really good game, but he did have two interceptions. Um and I'll say this, their receivers for the Bengals had a lot of easy drops that would have allowed them to score a lot more points. So I think they really need to clean that up, getting ready to head into a playoff race. As far as New England goes, um, their season's over. They need to look next year at getting more weapons for Mac Jones to truly see if he is it or not, because I don't think he's had a fair shake. Um, but other than that, they just need to get ready for next year and say, hey, what do we need to do to go in and win? Because I think Bill Belichick, although he has, you know, how many Super Bowls and how much prestige, um, there's only so much that the Patriots are going to take before they say, hey, listen, maybe we need a younger, fresher mind in here to lead the team. All right, so next up we have the Texans and the Titans. Um, Texans won 19 to 14. It's what I expected. Even though they suck, they are a pesky team. 
The Titans, on the other hand, Malik Willis is not the answer. Um, He only had 99 passing yards. He had two interceptions and a fumble. Derrick Henry also had a fumble. So um, they're they're just not able to do much without Derrick Henry, you know, having 250 rushing yards and leading them to a win. Robert Woods is not the receiver they thought. Everybody else is exactly who you thought they were, just underperforming. Um, C to D tier receivers. So um, not really much else to say in that game other than Tennessee's reign for being the AFC South's champions are, are over. And Houston is just saying, hey, you know what? We are on our way to having the number one overall pick. We can afford to come out here and win a game. You know, let's not have only one win on the season. All right, next up we have the Niners beating the Commanders 37-20. to Like I said, as long as Brock Purdy can be a game manager in that offense, he'll be completely fine. He needs to utilize, in which he has been, George Kittle, who is one of the most freakishly athletic tight ends. He had six receptions, 120 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he is the ultimate safety blanket for a quarterback. This team just understands and feeds off each other and knows what they need to do. So um, they're definitely making a charge for that number two spot in the NFC. On the other side of the ball, Taylor Heineke was benched. He had, um, through two and a half or three quarters, he had 166 pass yards, two touchdowns, which isn't bad, but a fumble and an interception. Um, I understand people would say, hey, like San Francisco is a tough team, but like I said with Wentz, the risk is he turns over the ball and isn't playing well. The reward is he regains his MVP form or at least three quarters of what he had. And he gives you a lot more with arm strength and, you know, big playability that Taylor Heineke does not. And just being able to see the quarterback that they brought in and a team that settled down and understood their roles compared to when he started earlier in the year and they really didn't know what they were supposed to do and were still kind of um, being that team and coming together and being like, hey, like everyone do their role and understand it and becoming familiar with what they were supposed to do. I think this is a great move. Carson Wentz, unless he does something crazy like throws four interceptions and fumbles a bunch of balls, he should be the starter for the rest of the year because they really, really need to win out and I want to look real quick but week 17 they face the Browns that should be a close game because the Browns have a solid defense their offense isn't great and then week 18 they have the Cowboys depending on if the Cowboys are even going to play or not um you know, their starters and everything. So those are two winnable games for the commanders, but they have the Packers and the Lions breathing down their necks and need to do whatever they can at this point to go out there and try and win. Um, all right, so the next game is the Eagles and the Cowboys. Cowboys beat the Eagles 40-34. to A uh, couple things I'll say about this game. Good for you, Dallas. You beat our backup in his first start this year. Um, you know, Dallas, they had takeaways. They played very well. Um, the Eagles had three fumbles and two interceptions, which I'll say this. So as far as the Eagles go, Quez Watkins, their receiver, he was the one that they were targeting on the two interceptions. Those were both on Quez Watkins. He did not fight for the ball, and he did not do exactly what he was supposed to being a receiver. And I think we've seen that more and more this year where he can be a huge, huge asset to the offense and a big play you know, receiver. But he does not run the right routes. He's not protecting the ball. He's fumbled. He's allowed interceptions to happen because he doesn't secure the ball. So I think the Eagles really need to look into – um, you know, Zach Pascal maybe getting more looks or even bringing Greg Ward back, who has done a lot for Philadelphia. I'll say this. People are like, well, Minshew had 355 passing yards and, and two touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. 
man, like Jalen Hurts isn't all that. Listen, Gardner Minshew is a winner. He is one of the best backups in the league. This guy just wants to win. And he did a lot of good things with the Jaguars who were just god-awful back when he played for them. He went out, he executed, he did exactly what he needed to do. And like I said, with the Quez Watkins issues, um, Miles Sanders, who really, really irritated me, Miles Sanders knew he was only going to get one yard because he got stuffed by the defense, instead tried to make more happen, fumbled the ball at the end of the game. So um, Eagles were in the red zone to end the game. If they would have scored, they would have won. So I think Cowboys fans are just like, man, we do not want to face the Eagles when they're at full strength. Um, Our safety, he left the game immediately afterwards. The backup did not know what he was doing and allowed CeeDee Lamb to get wide open for a touchdown. Um, I think another one of those happened in one of the next couple drives. But you look at the Eagles – um, Jalen Hurts will be back. They're getting CJ Gardner Johnson. They're going to be healthy as long as they get this last win next week. You know, take some time off, get ready to go. Um, the Cowboys, on the other hand, Dak had a good game, three touchdowns. He did throw a pick six, but I'll just say this you find the Eagles at full strength, Cowboys are not going to be able to do anything. So, all you Dallas fans who decided to text me after the game and be like, oh, like we beat you, blah, blah, blah. It's like, Yeah, like I said in the last podcast, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles lost or the Eagles won because I think Gardner Minshew can do a very good job. I just think everything that could have went against the Eagles that usually doesn't did, and they still only lost by six points. So all you Dallas fans, it's like keep smoking whatever you're smoking, but you guys are in trouble come playoff time because – I, I don't see you guys beating some of the better teams in the NFC. All right. Next up was the Christmas Eve night game. Uh, the Raiders and the Steelers. Derek Carr threw three interceptions. Um, look, I, I just don't get it. Every time I pick the Steelers, like I said, they do the complete opposite. If I pick against them or pick for them. So good for the Steelers. They won on... Um, in remembering Franco Harris, who was a great player for them, a great player for Penn State football. Raiders, they need to figure out what they're doing because, um, I mean, do they have the quarterback of their their franchise in Derek Carr? Um, you know, what do they need to do to get to the next level? Um, I don't watch them enough to answer that, but I would most likely say, hey, maybe Derek Carr isn't the guy at this point. All right, so then we have our Christmas games. Um, Dolphins and the Packers. Wow, was this just a weird game. A lot of turnovers. I'll say this, Dolphins fans, Tua is not the answer for your team. He has gotten so lucky that he has Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill who were able to just do everything for him. He doesn't have to make the crazy throws. He doesn't have to do anything special. And come playoff time, that's what's going to kill them. I mean, three drives in a row, he threw interceptions that were routes that any other quarterback could make, and he literally threw it to the point where, like, it was the easiest catch on earth for the defensive backs just to stand there and catch the interception. So I think that the Dolphins, they should end up making the playoffs. Um, Tua did get another concussion, so that's something to monitor. Um, I don't know, you know, the extent of it. And at this point, like if he wants to continue playing or, you know, he feels safe doing so with his head injuries and everything, but either way, the Dolphins need to find a better quarterback because, you know, yeah, you can throw it up to Tyreek and you can throw it up to Jalen Waddle, but you still have other weapons on that offense, like Mike Gusecki, who's underutilized. And I think that just kind of reflects on Tua and his time at Alabama, where he could just chuck it up and have five-star receivers who were just freak athletes in college run under it and grab it. Same here, same thing here with Miami. I mean, they had every opportunity to win this game. And I think if you have, you know, a quarterback like 
Aaron Rodgers or Justin Herbert. They're not making those mistakes with the weapons that Miami has. So um, definitely something to watch for, especially with his injury. But I have no faith in Tua. I just, I just think that he has been so catered to as far as what they've done to put weapons around him. And he has not taken the next step to say, hey, like, I can be this elite passer that can hit every throw. Um, on the other side of the ball, the Packers, um, Aaron Rodgers played pretty well. Um, he just, he still doesn't have great help as far as receivers and tight ends. My only issue with the Packers is Robert Tanyan, the tight end, he went crazy last year and this year he's done absolutely nothing for them. So I'd like to see them get him more involved and I think it could really help Aaron Rodgers, but, um, they're a team that, Listen, I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but winning this game that I didn't think that they were going to win really helps them. Uh, next game was the Broncos and the Rams. The Rams won this game 51-14. to Let me tell you, I did not expect this. Like I said, I could see the game going either way. I thought the Broncos would win because of their defense. Um, yeah, that was just nuts. First off, screw you, Cam Akers. I had you in fantasy all year, and you did absolutely nothing, and now you decide to go off. And on the other side, um, Russell Wilson, dude, three interceptions, and you're you're telling me that they're going to pay you so much money, like all this money for the next couple years, and gave up so much for him. Um, They did fire the head coach, Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett, for the Broncos, which I think is good. I think they need to get a coach in there that can kind of play off the strengths of Russell Wilson and you know build that system around him that enables him to succeed, starting with getting a better O-line. Um, because I think, I can't remember if Wilson, I think he got benched at the end of that game, which rightfully so, but um, they need to do something because they've invested a lot in that in that team and the quarterback and they're not getting any results. On the other side, good win for the Rams. I think this really is helping Baker Mayfield. If and, and this is a tough thing. So if Baker Mayfield next year, if Matt Stafford comes back, he might just be the backup there because he's like, hey, you know, Stafford's gotten hurt a couple times the last couple seasons. You know, maybe this isn't a bad gig to sit back here and and start for a good team when they're all healthy if something would happen to Stafford. On the other hand, he's just strengthening his case to have a team pick him up that isn't the Carolina Panthers. That's just horrible. Um, But I'll say this. This is my blazing hot prediction, long-term prediction. I could really see Matt Stafford walking away from football at the end of this year just because he's a smart guy. He's already won his Super Bowl. And I think some of those guys are like, yeah, it's not really worth it for me to continually get hurt and have to deal with this for the rest of my life. So um, let me know what you guys think about that one. Um, next up, we had the Buccaneers beating the Cardinals 19-16. to I was watching this game at the casino with a bunch of my buddies. Just a horrible game throughout. I think it was 16-6 to at one point, and the Cardinals were up. And then they blew that lead at the end of the game, and it's like, wow, good job, Cardinals. Um, Trace McSorley had an okay game. He had an interception, and he also had two fumbles, um, which here's the thing. When I was watching that game, they gave him zero time to throw the ball. I mean, that offensive line was getting blown up, and it was just really hard for him to make passes. So I think as far as you know, that team goes – they need to allow him to continue to start and grow as a player and just kind of see what the team does around him. Excuse me. Because I don't think at this point, they say Kyler Murray's going to come back at the beginning of next year by week one. I don't see that happening. I'd much rather see McSorley start and allow him to grow and see what they have than start Colt McCoy, who we already know is just a terrible player. On the other side of the ball, um, Tom Brady threw two interceptions again this week. I think that's really alarming because he's had a lot of turnovers in the last couple games. Um, 
and they played so horribly until the end when they had to come back and win. I I don't know what's going on with this team. They're probably going to end up winning the NFC South because there's only two games left, and unless they lose both and a team like the Saints or the Panthers would win their last two and then jump ahead of them or however it goes because I think the Bucks and the Panthers still play. Um, and the Panthers, if they would win again, even if they were tied, would have the tiebreaker. I just, I can't trust Tampa Bay. I mean, they just don't look good on any side of the ball. And I think that's, you know, Mike Evans is getting a little older and he's been injury prone. Um, Chris Godwin's always been putting up good numbers, but you know, you look at Tom Brady and it's like, he's getting pressured. His offensive line has been banged up all year. And you just have to ask the question of, is he going to be able to go much more than after this year? Like, and I'm not saying that he won't be consistent or be able to be good, but can he lead a team like he used to do? Because father time is undefeated. And I just think that's a legitimate question to ask. All right, so then we go to the final game of the Week 16 slate. That is the Chargers beating the Colts 20-3. to Didn't watch this game, didn't have time. Um, Justin Herbert threw an interception and had another game where he didn't throw a passing touchdown. Um, don't know what's going on with him because you know Keenan Allen had 11 receptions, 104 yards. Mike Williams had 75 yards. So... To see him the last two weeks not throw a touchdown is kind of like, hmm, what's going on with Herbert? But I think he'll get that ship corrected. Um, They clinched a playoff berth the first time since, I believe, 2018. So hopefully this team can stay healthy and um, see what they can do to knock off a team in the playoffs. I think it'll be a long shot just because um, they've had a lot of injuries throughout the year. But other than that, good for the Chargers. On the other side of the ball, um, Nick Foles started. He threw three interceptions. I just don't know if that's because he doesn't really care because it seems like, you know, he's not pressing to be a starting quarterback and he's just kind of, you know, been thrown in there and it's like, okay, like, here we go. But um, the Colts just played a horrible game. I think that they realize their season's over. They're ready to go in with a fresh start and see if their coach is going to be Jeff Saturday or is going to be someone different and just kind of roll from there and figure out what they need to do to build this team because at this point, they just have nothing. They have no spark, and I don't really know what to say other than, you know, good luck if you keep Jeff Saturday. I thought that he was like a half-decent coach. It's like, all right, he has no experience, but, you know, just like anyone, who knows, maybe he has some ideas that can be cutting edge. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of betting against that now at this point. All right, so a couple of the other topics. Um, so a Niners rookie left a restaurant with a $322,000 um, bill because the teammates took him out and bought a bunch of stuff. And my issue is, like, I don't care if you're a first-round rookie, you're undrafted, you're seventh round, whatever you are. Why is it necessary to go out and spend 322000 and make a rookie pay for it? I understand even the rookies make a ton of money, but, like, at the end of the day, you don't know if he's paying for family, he's, you know, doing things that he wants to do with his money, not being forced into paying a huge bill, so... For all these players that are like, oh, like I need to secure the bag and, you know, I need to do well for my family and myself. Why are you putting other people down? Um, That's just something that I think is really ignorant. And maybe I'm reading into it too much. But, um, you know, why don't you just fill his car with like packing peanuts or something or just something like funny instead of, you know, making him pay a lot of money. Uh, Next up. So the gas tax in Pennsylvania is supposed to go up next year. Um, it's something that's already included in the price when you go out and let's just say gas is three fifty. Well, the gas tax is already included in there. So, um, you know, you won't really tell too much, but it is going up. So gas will be more expensive than it was this year. Um, the UK government says that Netflix password sharing is illegal. 
Um, and I think that Netflix, from what I heard, is going to start cracking down on it in the United States. You know, my big thing is they only allow so many people to be registered under an account on Netflix and stuff. And it's like, okay, maybe people would feel more inclined to actually purchase your service if you actually got new stuff on there. Like, I understand they have Cobra Kai and Stranger Things and some of these other shows and everything, but um, that's just one of those things where it's like, how can you really sit here and tell people that they're not allowed to do that because you're not going to go out and make your service better? And, And I guess it's a fine line between either way, but like, I think a lot more people are going to cut off their service rather than keep it just because they're like, okay, well, if my friend's not able to watch Netflix on my account anymore and they're the only two people that are watching it, well, maybe she, maybe the person he or she that's doing it with their friend is not getting half of that money then to pay for the subscription. So it's not worth it for them to have it anymore. So I think Netflix really needs to think about this one because, um, in my opinion, I think Hulu's the best streaming service. I just think that, you know, they always, with live TV, but they always have, you know, different shows on and different movies, and it always changes rather than Netflix where they've been losing a lot more than they've been getting. So um, let me know what you guys think about that one. So I did bring up um, a TV show that's on Netflix, um, Cobra Kai. I'll start off with that one, and then... Maybe the next podcast I'll do Stranger Things, but Cobra Kai is a really fun show for me. So it actually started on YouTube and they had like this YouTube TV type of deal. And it was funny because I watched Cobra Kai all the way up until um, they went over to Netflix, like literally the first couple of days that it came out on YouTube. And I'm like, oh, like this is a really fun show. Like it's a little goofy and you can tell like it's not supposed to be as serious as what some of the older uh, Karate Kid movies were. Um, But it's just fun. Like you bring back the actors and it's not just force fed like, oh, like here's a cameo just to, you know, make all the people that used to watch the Karate Kid happy. Like they actually have a role and a purpose in this series. So it follows like the younger generation. Um, Some of the kids of like Johnny and Daniel from the Karate Kid and just some new characters that are younger kids. And it kind of combines them with new threats and old threats and the old karate masters and just a really fun show. Um, As we get into the sixth season, I won't give away any details, but I think that within the next season or two, it should be the end because, you know, they're sort of running out of ideas and have kind of hit the climax, but that's just my opinion on it. Um, if you guys have watched it, let me know what you think. Like I said, I watched it back in its YouTube days and I thought it was awesome. And when it came on Netflix, I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, I used to watch this on YouTube. Like, no way it's gaining steam. So um, I just thought it was really cool. So let me know what you guys think about that. Alrighty. So next up, I want to give my um, top five Pokemon games. Um, I'm going to start with honorable mentions and then I'll work my way from five to one. So my first honorable mention is going to be Violet. Um, it's one of the new games that just came out. Really, really cool open world. Um, definitely needs some work. I didn't really have any of the glitching issues that a lot of people did, but it was definitely a really, really good step in the right direction. Um, there's a lot that they can do with this and I enjoyed the game. It was, it wasn't like sword and shield where, um, I'm sure it was a good game, but it had so many like run-ins with your rival. This one did not have many other than like maybe the first 30 minutes of the game. And then you're on your own and do whatever you want, which is just awesome. But I think in future installments, I wish it would just be a little bit longer and maybe a little bit harder with like what you do. Uh, my second honorable mention would be black and white. So I never played black two and white two, but only the first black and white thought they were really solid games. Nothing that like really, really stuck out to me other than, you know, some of the new designs that I thought were awesome and some of the cities, but I would like to see a remake. Um, but like I said, there's very few of these games that I don't like 
So for me to rank them, it's just on, you know, personally what I thought was, you know, either the most challenging or the coolest to me. Uh, final honorable mention, I think a lot of people are going to have an issue with this, but Heart Gold and Soul Silver, it was a good game. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of um, the map and so much like the Pokemon in those games. And the only thing I liked is there was a lot that you could do like post game wise, as far as like going to the Kanto region and, you know, being able to catch a bunch of legendaries and do different things, which was awesome. But, um, at the end of the day, it just wasn't one that kind of like struck me as, wow, this is one of my favorites. All right. So coming in at number five is Legends Arceus. Uh, it came out, I believe last year or two years ago. Great game. Um, it wasn't truly open world because you kind of had a, you know, follow an order, but the open world, like catching mechanics and, and what you could do was just really, really cool. And I think if they combine what they did with that game and Violet, they can make a really, really good game for the future. Um, this one comes in at number five. I enjoyed playing it. It was really fun. I wish that they would do, like I said, combining with Violet and Arceus, but do an Arceus type game where you're, you know, back in the past and you're, um, you know, just coming about learning about Pokemon and, you know, doing studies and stuff. I wish they would do one for the Hoenn region would be an awesome game. Um, just because you have like the really, um, weather element aspects of what those games could bring and like the ancient origins and stuff. Okay. So number four is ultra moon. I had a lot of fun with this game. Like, there was so much to do in the post game. It was just really fun going through and fighting different people and the different um, the islands and stuff that you could do. I wish the game would have been a little bit longer, just because I didn't feel like, you know, it, it was as long as I wanted it to be for, you know, a forty or fifty dollar game. But at the end of the day, really fun. A lot of different stuff you can do. It was just a breath of fresh air and, you know, to the regular mechanics of what you had in the game. Um, number three is Let's Go or Fire Red Leaf Green. So I, I played those old games. Like that was probably the second Pokemon game I had was Fire Red. And it was a really, really fun game. and I loved it. But what I really liked is what Let's Go did as far as you know, kind of being like a newer 3D world type thing. Um, I wish it would be a little bit longer, like they would add more to it rather than just kind of remastering the old game with different parts. But um, those games are always really good. You know, you have the first, let me look at my poster here. You have the first 151 Pokemon, like, you know, it follows the anime pretty much to a T of what you do. And, um, you know, just a great game. Alright, so next up, coming in at number two, is Platinum. Um, this game was just awesome because you had Diamond and Pearl, which were really fun games, but Platinum just brought everything together. Like, this was the age where, you know, you went on Wi-Fi and you got all these mystery gifts and, like, you could go underground and do mining and just, like, it was, it was back before you had, like, you know, all these multiplayer things that everybody had access to and everyone was just like, Hey, like Pokemon just came out. We're going to play this. Um, had a great storyline, just so much going right. It had really, really good Pokemon designs. The map was really fun, like where you could go, what you could do. Um, and the bad guys were really good. And I think that's what lacked in, you know, future games was like some of the the bad guys got really goofy and they didn't have good backstories, but these ones really did. And it kind of tied in. Um, and that's what gave the, um, game Arceus, which is set hundreds of years before, um, you know, diamond pearl and platinum, but it's one of those games where I could pop it in and play it at any point because, you know, there's so much stuff that after I was done playing, I learned that I could do. And, just holds a great place in my heart. Alright, so then the number one game, hands down my favorite. It was the first game I ever had, and just awesome. Pokemon Emerald. 
it brought together, you know, Ruby and Sapphire, which gave great stories about the legendaries that were just, um, you know, weather element legendaries. And it just gave you this final game in that, that trilogy of games that was just awesome. You have an amazing map, amazing Pokemon list and designs, so much that you can do. Um, it's just a really interactive game for those old, uh, what are eight or 16 bit, you know, characters that we were able to use and do stuff with. And it's just one of those that it was a great story and the bad guys were awesome. And it kind of like, you know, platinum where I was saying, you know, they had a, they had a reason to be bad guys and it was a really well-told story and just everything kind of meshed along and there was so much you could do. So, um, that's my top five. I know that there's a lot of people that would probably be like, oh, well, I don't like this one or that one. And I understand there's like a general consensus on, you know, what's in the top five or six. But for me, these are just the ones that I enjoyed more because they kind of, you know, resonated with what I wanted in a game. All right. So I'm going to do a product review. Um, so for Christmas, my mom got the MetaQuest 2. And um, I, I've played it before, but I've never gotten like super into it because like I'm one of those people that I don't really get into something unless it's mine because I know I can't take it home at the end of the day. But let me tell you, the metaverse is awesome. Now, it's just like any other console. Um, you're going to have to pay for the games, which it doesn't seem like they're as expensive as going out and buying like a PlayStation 5 game. But the things you can do and like for how new the the metaverse is and the Oculus and everything, um, just the graphics and the games that you can play are just phenomenal. Like there's this one called Beat Saber where, you know, you have to hit these blocks a certain way with a, like a lightsaber type deal to keep the song going. So it's kind of like Guitar Hero, but just like motion based. Um, there's a golf game, there's Among Us, there's a really good game called Super Hot where basically as fast as you go is how fast the enemies go and you have to strategically like move your body like really slow to shoot them and take them out. Um, just definitely something that's really cool. It is a little expensive. Um, I believe the lowest priced one goes for $299 or like $350 or something like that. But if it's something where, you know, you don't, you have extra money from Christmas or you, you're like, hey, I want to get something that's cool, would definitely recommend the MetaQuest. It's something that um, I never would have went out and gotten on my own just because I'm like, I didn't really know too much about it. But now that we have it here at the house, um, it's fantastic. So if you guys have any questions about it or or anything, definitely hit me up. Um, You know, a lot of you that are listening to this have my you know, Instagram. Um, I'm going to actually look right now. Yeah. So it's just Barnick's blazing podcast on Instagram and mine's B underscore Arnick. So however you guys want to reach out to me, if you would like to go ahead. Um, you know, I'm pretty responsive in my messaging. So, um, yeah, overall I would probably give it like, uh, probably like a eight, nine out of 10. Just because um, I, I've been wearing my glasses a lot more recently than I wear my contacts just because like, you know, the ease of using them and, you know, not having to mess with putting contacts in my eyes. And the only thing that I would say is if you wear glasses, um, it's going to be a little difficult just A, to get them on like the Oculus, even though there is an extender and B, to like have your glasses sit on right. So where it focuses and it's clear. Um, other than that, great, great um, entry into the so-called metaverse. So I don't really get into like holiday movies and stuff too much unless they're on TV, which um, we don't have cable anymore. We just kind of have like streaming apps and this like satellite thing my dad got, which we get the channels on. Um, but I watched the movie Krampus, which is a Christmas horror movie. And... It it's weird because like it was a decent movie. It kept me engaged, but like it wasn't 
what I thought it was going to be. Like, it wasn't, like, super scary and creepy. Like, there are definitely some weird parts about it. But, um, so basically what happens is these families get to, like, um, these families get together for Christmas. And they don't get along. And this one kid who's, like, the main character is very disappointed in like what's going on with Christmas and the family kind of ruins it for him. So he like says about how he hates his family and like kind of, it kind of implies that he wishes they're gone. So this creature attacks them with all these like other creatures that, you know, are kind of like his assistants and stuff. And like, although it's creepy, um, I guess the grandma dealt with this, like this horror force before it's called Krampus and she made it out alive, but there's a plot twist at the end of the movie that, like, I don't really understand because of what they were saying about, um, like, what goes on in the story. And it's hard to explain without giving it away, but if any of you have seen Krampus, definitely text me because I kind of want to understand, like, the ending because there's, like, a plot inconsistency there. But for those of you who haven't seen it, um, it's it's definitely a fun movie to watch. It's nothing too crazy or scary. Um, I just think that's because of a lack of, um, you know, screen time that we actually see the villains and how short the movie is. But it is definitely engaging, and I would probably give it a solid, like, I don't know, like maybe 7.4, 7.6 in that range. But um, like I said, if you guys haven't seen it, give it a watch. Let me know what you think. If you have seen it, definitely text me because I kind of want to talk about the ending. All right. So that's pretty much all I have for this podcast. Um, so for those of you that have been listening, I need 14 different, like new different people to listen to the podcast so I can start actually making money off the podcast and, you know, doing advertisements or whatever, and just like talking about them real quick. So, um, I'm going to start trying to do my own marketing for this. I've been slacking on it a little bit because of Christmas, which I hope everyone had a good Christmas and they have a good new year um, before you have to go back to school or work or whatever you're doing. So um, that's going to be it for this podcast. I appreciate everybody listening and I will see you for the next podcast, which will preview NFL week 17. And then we'll have some odds and ends at the end like I've been doing. Thank you.